face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon. I don't know how I did it last week, but I don't seem to be able to put my mask on today. It just wouldn't. <laughs> and I'm in the wrong position. Jim, sorry. That's all right. Okay. It don't matter. Nobody no, can tell. No. No, like there's, there's, people I've managed to get now. other people annoyed by it as well as me now. Okay, fair enough. Um, so we're here this week to talk about Subspace Rhapsody, the latest episode of Strange New Worlds, which was a musical a episode. As well, not just talking. Yeah, well, exactly. That's it. We should have bonus content at the beginning if you want to rewind after the show to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of bonus content. Um, but we're going to start with more self-indulgent Retrek news, which we did bring you last week. Um, but we are now officially, officially, officially announced. And I said officially three times because those watching on the video feed will see that the picture hasn't come up yet. Yeah, there has been uh, some lag. Yeah, you know, I, it's I, making a big entrance. It's in, in big. The it's, it's big. Oh, this is giving Squee time to put the uh, banner on because we always forget. We do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give us the banner it's, that says Retrek News. There you go. And this is making for really good Ooh, radio good for the for the podcast listeners. Um, I will answer this. Um, Facebook user, I sang his bonus content. Mm-hmm. And squeeze sang his catchphrase already. Yep. And we only a couple of minutes in. That's it. You don't know where we're gonna go. We could we should have a song about having technical difficulties. And, and to be, All and I'm to saying be is fair, got... I actually promise um, we may sing a ditty. A ditty, yes. Yeah. Also, you've got Elliot and our Captain Jimmy. And here I am, I'm Dr. Squee. See, just a bit of a teaser, just a bit of a teaser. Yeah, that's there you all. Yeah. There you go, Facebook yeah. user. Yeah, we're hey, having technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Oh, the picture has arrived. After our technical difficulties. Difficulties. Tied. So, <laughs> for those of you who are listening on the podcast who can't see it, uh, the graphic is up of our official announcement for Destination Trek, which is in just over a week's time now. Um, and we we have been announced on their Facebook feed. Retrek podcast will be appearing and doing Star Trek Top Trumps. So we know that anyone who listens or watches regularly knew that, but just because we've got a nice shiny graphic to show you, we, you know what, we're being a bit indulgent I, with it. We are being indulgent, but I think we're allowed to be indulgent. We are. We are really, really buzzing about this. And, and there's two, well, no, there's three very big reasons. The first one, of course, is the fact that I get to do retrek on stage with my two buddies here. Like, you know, the thought of getting to do an event like this is great, but being mm-hmm. able to do it with you guys, it just, it really does mean the world to me. But also, 
just just on a very very geeky level i like the fact that our logo kind of mirrors the destination trek logo on the poster exactly. if you are listening to audio please look it up yeah. very nicely done and at the it's bottom almost, it's almost like the copy dust oh yeah yeah sure that's how it worked oh we um, both copied the star trek logo <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's more. and also the, the the third thing is i was just so pleased that uh, our stupid little pun which which pleased me just no end of like set phases to fun the most like just just corny star trek joke you can be and it made it onto the poster <laughs> yeah that it did so happy. but also dj dan who is doing the pre-party on friday night for anybody who wants to turn up for that yeah, um, okay. he You're also used set phases to fun so a lot of people are setting phases to fun what yeah we clearly came up with that that's we clearly did no one's ever no one has ever ever said that before but (laughs) speaking of uh dj dan and star trek karaoke in general we've gone from this time last week we had star trekking by the firm and that was it and now we've got about 10 new songs that trekkies can oh and we had faith of the heart obviously we had um We've had Cisco singing in DS9. That's true. But oh, that... As well as the uh, hologram uh, Vic Fontaine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But if you <laughs> if you went to a karaoke and sang one of Vic Fontaine's songs, you that's, could that's, be accused that's, of that's, just singing a show tune, whereas <laughs> this I is distinctly do. Star Trek music. So we now have yeah, lots of new Star Trek. You know what? I'm trying to do a segue from our news into the subject <laughs> of the episode. And you two are just... Ruining it? Well, Ru- ruining we're just, it. Ruining we're just it. Out, we're just pointing out the Star Trek music that you've missed from the past. Because, let's be fair, a, a lot of people have commented about this episode. This is derided people, aren't it? And people go, no, no, there shouldn't be a musical. But the fact that we can go, well, what about Cisco singing? What about this? Mm-hmm. The Who was sang quite often in um, TOS. She did. She did a, du- she did a duet film. with Spock in TOS. Well, she had a dance number in the film, sorry. She didn't sing in the film. Actually, no, there was a little bit. No, she, she sang in TOS a few times. She had that song. No, no, she... was singing in the film. In oh, the film Charlie in the film. boy, oh, Charlie Yeah, boy. and she had that song where she accused Spock of looking like the devil. You know, it was... It's yeah. no, no, no wonder no, was, that fella's got his shoes. I was trying to remember if she sang in the film, but she did in the fifth film. She did She did the fan dance. She did the fan dance. Yeah. Though many of us have tried to forget it, but I ne- never, I will never forget Nichelle Nichols doing a fan dance. I don't care that she's a little older. No, fair play, fair play. Um, anyway, let's talk about subspace. Yes, no space. No, uh, Facebook user is right. The Doctor sings in Voyager. Doctor a lot. does sing in Voyager, and we, we even had the episode where. The aliens wanted to take him as a That's doctor. true. And the one where he teaches Seven of Nine to sing, that was good. Yeah. And and they've got the emergency uh, command hologram, I believe, when he sings the song about um, Tuvok and Ponfar. True. Yeah, you, you know yeah. what? Star it's Trek's original. always had loads of tunes. They, this were just like a normal episode. <laughs> it was an excellent segue, mate. I, I, think it, I think it's quite nice to point out all this, though. It to is people nice. who are that the people who are complaining that Star Trek's done singing as if it's never happened before. I mean, the only it's thing... It's been going I'm, on since the 60s. 
I mean, certainly the and sixties. What a kind of uh, batshit kind of hippie. Kind oh, the of hippie the episode. That episode, yeah, to be fair, that. was practically a musical. That hippie episode. Yeah. It's just that it's so bad. <laughs> well, what no. I'm saying though, is, Jim, it's it's more like the case of, you know, the the, the time that Star Trek was born from was a very musical, very mm. colorful, very yeah. uh, ridiculous time. Like episodes like Spock's Brain. I know it's 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 used as an example of like one of the worst episodes, but that's a kind of. Uh, Batshit weird, weirdness you could get in the original series. So this is just not out of keeping at all. But the one thing I will say is I kind of wish that there was a kind of a focal bad guy. You know, they, they mentioned mm-hmm. that, that their, their uh, impetus for this was the, or, you know, their benchmark for this was the Buffy musical episode, uh, very understandably. They even make a bunny joke in here, which, you know, relates back to the episode. Yeah. But with that episode, I think having the inclusion of Sweet, the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, really did... Like I, I would like something like that for them to have played against, as yeah, opposed to an anomaly. Fighting an, an anomaly. Yeah, second I got, time. I, want, I actually wanted more space magic, Elliot. Is what I wanted. I wanted hey, space magic being. We we got space magic. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this was a certainly. I love it. This was certainly a space magic episode. But I, I almost wanted more space. I wanted a Trelane. It's okay, sweet. I have got you one. Thank you. I know. You. I ordered yours as well. I yeah. I agree. Particularly watching it the second time through, it it did strike me that there's not a lot of peril in this episode. And like you said, the Buffy episode had had stakes. It not yeah. that's not a vampire joke. Um, <laughs> but but it did. It it had something there, well, and it had people were blowing up because they were singing too much and things. So there was a bit of danger. Whereas this, like, all just felt like fun. They put jeopardy in this, but you didn't feel the jeopardy. No, because they could. They, they tried to destroy it, but if they were going to destroy it, it'd wipe out all the Federation and half of the Klingon. Empire. Yeah, but but like they're they're big. Like at one stage, it sounded like the big stakes. Whereas like. Now the whole fleet's singing, <laughs> you know. It's, and, yeah, and, which we and should and have had a cutaway to the whole fleet singing. That. Yeah, that. Were, yeah, yes, thank to you. There fair. were so many more things they could have done yeah. to push it further, like Buffy did. And I feel like the thing that Buffy did really well was they made it a great standalone episode. I can watch that Buffy episode on its own. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know the plots which they're bringing up and everything, yeah. which do lead to other stuff. But it's got its own encapsulated plot as well. Ah. This has only got ongoing plot being explored this, through music. This was this was a fun episode. I, this was a fun episode, but I, was definitely I, fun. I agree with you. It, this isn't one of those that's going to go down as um, sort of a must go back and watch and uh, let. Oh, we've got a um, like we're going to destination trek. Oh, we've got a um, Jess bus bus appearing. Oh. Is she going to sing along to the episode with us all? Well, she's definitely not this time because she's on no, strike, but... but... Yeah, no, but you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like that sort, sort of episode. It's like, when, like even when we saw Xander and he was rubbish at the weekend, we wanted him to do the sing-along episode with us. I don't know. After he went to the loo and um, just went to powder his nose for a minute, he seemed so much... He did seem fine. He was really, really perked up, didn't he? Yeah. A little bit later on in the day. Packed up, then yeah. fucked off. He had, a, he had a bit of a sniffle. but about 15 minutes. Yeah. It, he, grew, he grew a white moustache. He did. It was red. It was red. Um, so, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's going to be hard talking about it without constantly referencing it back to the Buffy one. But 
the, but they did the, they did it themselves that the reference that they're they did and so, i think where this so one that, they, they've made a rub for the young backs i that. thought a little bit that you know because they're they comparing themselves, well, not comparing themselves but they're saying that benchmark was the best musical episode of tv yeah, I think uh, like certainly uh, on a show which doesn't do music like Glee was very famous for having huge episodes. It got massive ratings. You know, I can't argue with what it did, even though it wasn't my thing. I have watched but, it. No, no, did I? But like the episodes, like bits of episodes I saw, it just didn't hurt me really. But but this like for a, for a, a, a show which doesn't usually do musical episodes, Buffy was the best episode. Yeah, it I, was. I think it's pretty easily. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I maybe wouldn't like you're already going to get that comparison. I maybe like, encouraged it. I've tried watching Rise of the Pink Ladies, which has been cut after one season and dropped because off Paramount. We, now you can't yeah. get it no more. Uh, well, that that's it. So I won't watch the end of it then. <laughs> but. I've watched that because I went to see Grease in the 70s with my mum. And I loved going to see that movie, and I think it's a great movie and a great musical. But every spin-off of it has been a disaster. That's true. Grease 2. It was really good. Grease 2, like, I think 180 people went to see it on its opening weekend. It has the record for how many cinemas it opened in. Weirdly, <laughs> Grease 2... Has had sort of a, a critical reappraisal of late. I mean, I have no strong desire to see it, but there is no, like no. A, a growing movement of people who who have reappraised Greece. It became too. one of those well, cult classics amongst fans. I was up to say, I was up to say, Greece too is bad enough to reach cult status. Well, that's that's obviously yeah. it. But, but it's like it, I, I feel like actually, if anything, it's probably one of the purest of um, cult followings because. A lot of the ones when they get a cult following, the, the kind of following grows. So it's like Rocky Horror started as a cult following, but it's it's just a success. You it's know, you still call now. it a cult cult following, but it isn't really because it's it's become mainstream through success. Whereas I think Grease Two, it is pure cult following. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem to have picked up numbers too much. It's just people who liked it who have kind of like found each other thanks. Yeah, to Yeah, it's literally maybe. those hundred and twenty <laughs> people that went to see <laughs> yeah, it when it got released, well, and they, like, they, and they, they loved it. Unfortunately for me. My younger sister was one of those hundred and twenty people. Okay, so one last thing on the Buffy comparison for now. I, I think the thing that the Buffy one, apart from having re- a real sense of danger, I think the emotions were bigger, the story it was telling. And I know Joss Whedon's name is doesn't carry quite the cachet it once did and we won't get into all of that but he is one of the most talented television writers that has ever worked in the medium and to ex- to even expect an episode of anything else really to reach that height is is a very big ask so I'm not I'm not knocking points off this for not being as good as the Buffy one, but we will talk about reasons that that it may not have been. I, I'm just saying it's like when when you're using that as a template, like it kind of tells you how to tell a really successful musical episode. Like it does. Some other uh, musical episodes, like Grey's Anatomy did one. They chose to do kind of more jukebox thing. They used pre-existing songs, worked really well. But they kind of like I feel like they learned some of the lessons Buffy did really well, but did their mm-hmm. own thing. Uh, and they did it a little bit more successfully, I think, than 
this is an episode again some of the songs are banging like there's some songs I'm, i've been humming to myself all day well that I, you know, brings me on to our little game that we're going to play throughout the episode clanger or banger i love it this is the best thing we've ever done already. Uh, easily, easily. <laughs> and we found another one of the uh, Grease 2 fans uh, who have a Facebook user. Is oh, there we go. Facebook user is. There we go. So Facebook user, go and find the other 120 people. And I've you told can... you one of them is my sister. There you go. We can, we what, can make commented? that happen. It's no, like one, the 180 people who like Grease too. It's, I know. I was... It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We somehow we have found two of the 180 Grease two fans, and we're yeah. we're only a couple of steps away from them. Anyway, yeah. So the if episode then. Tell us their name. We could start back knowledge. We could do. Oh, J double W in a book's tuition. Whoever that is. Okay. Apparently that's who made the comment. There we go. So JW, we will we will hook you up with our sister. Anyway. Thank you, J Dub. Um so they that's found Ah That could be it. They've found a subspace fold. Finally talking about the episode now. Um and Basically, this means the horror has to do everything. So we get this cute scene where she's rooting every single communication that's coming through and getting a bit het up with it. And... Do you feel like this almost like had a rhythm of its own? I, I can't understand why they didn't put a beat behind it because you want to save that for when it goes into the actual music. Mm-hmm. They almost felt like they introduced a rhythm to this. A little bit, yeah. The, the music yeah. was definitely a little bit jauntier. Um, And we get a lot of the plot threads introduced. So we, I think, did Elliot predict this last week? Or was it you, Squee, who said that it'd be Pike and Battelle and the issues they were having would be something that would get touched on in a song? Can't remember. So we we touch base with that. We we touch base with Chapel. We find out she's got on the programme. We get a scene where Lan's getting all flustered because Kirk's coming over again. And so we're setting up all these no, I little... Think re- I, think this, I think this is really nice, clever with uh, when Kirk's coming over and Lan goes to meet him as coming on board, that uh, Una knows that she's embarrassed yeah. and excited to see him. And she goes, I can feel it. I yeah, feel yeah. Energy. And that's because oh. of her species. She's feeling... She's, Oh, I'm you see, I didn't consider this, but the way she delivered that, it's like, I'm getting out hot. It was, oh, gee, that felt No, she was feeling her, because it's, oh, okay. we saw that with the, how her uh, magic, uh, space magic powers were. To be fair, yeah, you live with this. Every time I say space magic. So, to be fair, though, you don't need to have space magic to work out that Lan's got the hots for Kirk, you know. No, I know, but, I, just, I just thought no, the performance was a little large by Una. I, I thought it was a little large by Una, but that right No, it's because, uh, well, her and Una are good mates as well, don't forget. So she's ribbing her as a mate. Yeah, but it didn't yes. feel like ribbing. It just felt like really yeah. over the top. It's, it's, I'm getting hot. It's, Maybe she was yeah. already in the musical mood before we yeah, actually I, got there. Um, the I wanted, which you mentioned I did want to pick up and was with, with the Pike, with the holiday argument set up here. Did that feel like a little forced in and up? Like, I know they've shown that they're having difficulty in their relationship. He's having difficulty opening up. 
I don't think something you'd have difficulty opening up with is I don't like that place for a holiday. That seemed like a weird yeah. one to be closed off about. Well, like if you're going to show something. I was thinking it's maybe because they are having difficulties that he's just trying to go along. I think that's what it is, yeah. I mean, he's he's trying to he's trying to be the really good the good boyfriend here because they've had these problems and he's the one, and he knows that he he's the one who fucked it up. Yeah, but like, he just so, really don't want to go to wherever this place yeah, is. It, 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 yeah, it, I don't it know. Don't it's want, just not it like we've got. It don't want to do this all day, but she she does, so he's going to go along with it. Yeah, that's what it, it is. Me, yeah, it felt to me a little like it's like right. You've got two lines to establish why he's arguing with her. I don't know. Holiday plans? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, let's go. I mean, would it have worked better if they'd have left it lying the last time they fell out and and not not have that? And then we get the song about, like, you know, whatever it was they fell out about last time. That's yeah. what I felt was missed. Thank you. You've kind of articulated better. But I was thinking that they, they felt like there should have been better stakes and linking it back to that a bit more. Yeah. As opposed to having this holiday. Again, it's just such a minor thing to... Yeah, if we'd have had a couple of episodes. I think it's because there's, like, an ongoing thing between them. Yeah. Me and James have been talking, and we're going to do predictions for next week. We'll do predict. We'll do that. We can do it now if you want. Yeah, but yeah, because I think because since we're talking about it, and they seem to be working these things out, James is predicting that in the because we all know next next episode is the season finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and James, do you want to say what your I, I, my prediction? She is dead. She is. Dead, oh, dead, dead, before. dead, dead you, next week. Dead, dead. You already predicted a death earlier in the series, didn't you? I don't know, but I am super, yeah, super predicting it now. She, I don't know if you said it for the end of the series. She will not make it out of next week's episode alive. I'll be surprised if she's alive by the time the opening credits roll next week. <laughs> okay, that's it's quite... I, I think if you're going to kill her, if you do it at the end, ready for the most fallout at the beginning of the next series. No, no, I think... I'll okay. go one further. I think the Gorn are going to kill her. And the episode will probably even open with Pike finding out about it, and that'll set the stakes for the rest of the episode. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh. I, I'm seeing if I think if she does get killed, it, it happens at the end of the episode. She is but going. On she a, will on a get killed. Mission, isn't she? She's going she on a special mission, a, a category one. Which is, yeah. I, I think you're right. That's going to pull them into the next adventure, whatever it is. Definitely. She's dead. She's dead. But anyway. Yeah. Um, like, so I like her. I hope she isn't, and I like Pike having this happiness in his life before he becomes wheelchair bound with their uh, beep beep. Uh, the other thing I want to also cover was like Chapel's thing about like so she's got this new kind of like uh, new program she's applied to. Mm-hmm. Am I misremembering or when she didn't get the Vulcan one, didn't she give this huge speech about I'm where I need to be, I'm on the Enterprise, it's great here. Oh yeah, I'll apply for another one. Yeah, yeah she did, but the the thing is she's ready now. She's gonna well, we, s- we sing about later. that shortly shortly. Right, okay. Yeah, um yeah, okay, yeah. so the first round of Clanger or Banger. We have Status Report, which is an ensemble song. Uh, it, well we have very mediocre. Well, the singing starts with Spock, doesn't it? He does do the first few lines, but they uh, collectively... 
this song is yeah, called Status Report. I know, because I've looked at the official soundtrack. Yeah. Okay, right. I, I think it starts really well. Mm-hmm. Because I like how it starts, because... Like, Spock just starts singing about, I'm going to check this and mm-hmm. checking that. And yeah, it's I'll a practical song. when I'm able. And it's going through the things. And he's really... And you can see he's singing, but it's surprised. And you can see the look on his face. He looks surprised yes. that he's singing. Yes. And then it spreads around. And I think it's going well until you get to Ortegas. Because everyone looks mm-hmm. surprised when they're singing until it gets to Ortegas on the helm and then somebody's like, she's, yeah, she's well up for a bit of singing. Well, that, I she's, she's she is. It. <laughs> just to answer your point, I feel like you've seen everyone else singing already. Like by that stage, she just, I, I, I think there's a suggestion that kind of like, uh, you get caught up in the reality of it, but like when you first start singing, you seem surprised. No, but she's the one that's re- she's the first one that's really happy about it and smiling. Yeah, but I think because we got to that point in the song. Yeah, I, I th- fly at the helm and I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but she, you're saying that seems inconsistent. Are you saying? But yeah, because she's suddenly like a total switch from everyone else with it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is though you. But after a certain point, consistent she, with it. Up to a certain point, you've got two things. One is, if you get everyone looking surprised every time they sing, when you've got an ensemble piece, it just it, it, it just looks clunky if you've got everyone looking surprised. And I think also the suggestion is it seems to be everyone at the beginning of the song, they're surprised. If anyone jumps in midway, <laughs> mid-song, they don't get to be surprised. Yeah, that they're already committed to it. But, I mean, for my opinion on the song generally is, like, it's not a bad song. It's a protocol song, but it's like it feels like they've just gone... Right, we need a big opening number, not what does this serve for the plot. That yeah, again, true. one of those ones those ones are the ones which lose me the most in this episode. It's because like not because they aren't good songs necessarily, just why are we doing that? What what reason within plot are we doing it as opposed to we're opening a show at the beginning of a musical, you've got an opening number. Again, going back to Buffy, everything they did, there was no nothing wasted, no scene wasted no. why they were yeah. doing Very Whereas true. Whereas here it's just We'll sing a bit about protocol here. and So uh, are we going neither a clanger nor a banger? Yeah, it's kind of very mid. Oh, you're down with kids, mid. Oh, yeah. I had to Google what that meant the other day. (laughs) It's only because I heard it on a podcast quite a few times. I thought mid did just mean that it was middle. Well, it does. I I want it to be sure because sometimes these kids say stuff and you think, I know what that means, and then it doesn't. The first time I heard it was some people talking about like the latest films being mid Marvel. They're not that amazing. They're not no, awful, but it's a lot of mid Marvel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's been seems to have uh, yeah popped into the pop culture. Well, I'm just giving you the plaudits. Well, you are down yeah, with the kids. Say, well, after last night, we can definitely say Meg Two is top shark. Oh, Meg Two is definitely top shark. Yeah, and I, I do not. If and you heard it here first. When the trace starts everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, Top Shark. Um, <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be Elliot's new catchphrase. I'll be dragon over again. Top Shark. Top Shark. Top Shark. Chim's uh, animal will be revealed as the pop. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting, waiting for mine. Yeah, we'll have um, a menagerie. Okay. I, 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 I will say I did. I did enjoy it. It was sort of like quite nice that everyone then got caught up in the song, and yes. like every time Red back to him, he goes, 
yeah, but why are we fucking singing? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's, like uh, everyone else gets lost in it. music coming from? <laughs> yeah, which like, I like that. Which, by I the like way, is a part. pretty good question. Because I like that this... part because, like, you have Spock who's singing in engineering, but the music is permeating the entire shit. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that's my point. point. Because the explanation they give is that they've uh, switched into a reality or touch base with reality where singing is a compulsory, but they haven't explained where music comes from. Like, they, they do as a comment in here, but they don't explain. That's a good point, yeah. It, to me, uh, it's very hitchhikers is this uh, episode because it's improbable for everything. Yeah, well, I suppose again, it's... Written, we, yeah, if you're we've talking got about improbable... It, we're in the middle of an improbability field. Yeah, I mean, it's like, again, it's like, I, I'm quite happy with, right, we touched into a zone where you can meet up with every single reality. Like, so, like, every, everything happens in every reality. Everything, you know, every possibility. Yeah. But, again, like, music suddenly appearing from nowhere. You have to at least give me a line to justify that. It's well, just it's in the air in this reality where you're in a musical. Space magic. There you yeah, go, space magic. Space magic. <laughs> um, next song up then. Not that I've got new Merc on or anything. <laughs> so Mer- oh, actually, you're I, wearing a Merkin. I do have a point to raise before we get to the next song, which is there's a nice little moment between Kirk and Spock where Spock's explaining it, and Kirk says, "Oh, thank you, Mister Spock. You explained that really well." Yeah, and it's just a little hint of oh, he, he recognises how good Spock is. Yeah. Um, though they do reference a zipper, which famously Gene Roddenberry said zippers did not exist in the Star Trek future, but it did. But never came up with anything suitable to explain what well, replaced them. Well, we have well we have Velcro, don't we? Like yeah. Velcro. Or um, hook and loop joining strips. Oh. Could I say space magic? You could say space that? magic. Clothes could be held on by space magic. Also, just a little <coughs> shout out to the, the little um, touch they did in the credits with a little bit of harmonising. Yes, they missed a trick there, though. They should have sung the lyrics that Gene Roddenberry wrote all them years ago. Um, and they had to write new ones for Strange New Worlds. Actually credits. put them in. Um, well, so, you, know so why, you know why he wrote them lyrics, don't you? So he'd get a payment from yeah, royalties. Yeah, so he'd get... He got a payment from royalties every time they played the titles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very clever, man. Uh, so song number two, then. How would that... F- no, sorry, I've jumped one. Connect to your truth, Una and Kirk. Is it a clanger or is it a banger? Uh, I think it's a clanger. Mm, interesting. And I don't think... I, and I don't think it's helped because they didn't look like they could dance very well. Oh, I thought the dancing were good. There was... A- and some of the lyrics sounded false to get to Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, that did. About Gilbert and Sullivan. Like, I'd have, like, because we had the short trek, I'd have liked them not to them to have gone, no, we're not going to write all new songs for the whole thing. We will throw in a bit of Gilbert and Sullivan and have number one sing it because oh. she loves singing Gilbert and Sullivan. Or done it as a Gilbert... Done it as a Gilbert and Sullivan style song, style. which it, yeah. which it isn't. It it sort of comes across as one of these sort of bantery two people songs. Oh, I I, if we were I, trying I, to compare it to Buffy, it's trying to be the Xander and Anya song. But I, I enjoy. I mean, it, to me, I did 
feel it was Gilbert and Sullivan-esque. Oh, did you? I did get the Gilbert and Sullivan vibes. Like, um, yeah, I used to watch it with my dad. I went to see a few of the plays. Well, and I did like the exchange. But I'm, I'm calling it a banger, but I did like the exchange between Una and Kirk. Can I... Up to sorry, this well, well, one thing I did want to say is, first of all, I love the fact that it started in Jeffrey's Tube. Yes. Like, any... And a lovely Jeffrey Stube. I know this sounds really, might sound funny, but it's like, no. it was a really nice Jeffrey Stube. It like looked like the original. It looked so expansive though. So it kind of looked like what was in the mind's eye when you saw the Jeffrey Stube mm, when you yeah. saw it in the original series. Beautifully done. I loved it. Just, I don't know why. It just made me very, very pleased to see a Jeffrey Stube, especially seeing us in the musical episode. You want to bring those touchstones of Star Trek into it. So Jeffrey Stube seems like part of that. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fine, uh, fine song. The only thing I was wondering is like, I, I never got the impression that Kirk, we never got shown anything to suggest he was ever standoffish. Why, why is, why does he have to learn that? Like, because in the future uh, we know he's not, and we've not yeah, done, but- we've, and they've done nothing so far to establish that he's standoffish in, in this time. True. I just think I, I don't think that I don't think it's that. I think it's just Una is giving him advice on her on her. No, no, but he of- said that he. Um, I've never had any problem. I don't feel the need to connect with the crew. Yeah. My uh, former first officer didn't. Yeah. He, he does lay down that he is standoffish, which she then gives him advice on not being. But to be fair, again, you've got to establish in- that he's, he is that first before you try and make him not that. They they, they so often in the show just no. jump to think, like, again, they don't show Spock being yes, this before is- they show him being emotional. And it's just, you've got to lay down the track a little bit. And I don't, I feel like this is another one of those moments where they've not done that. Yeah, but you're pretty wrong on Spock. But we're, <laughs> we're not no, no, having completely- that argument every week. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. Spock was always, always an emo douche. You're right, he's never been illogical. You're correct, sorry, yeah. What was I thinking? I thought I thought Vulcans were logical. My, my mistake. It's like when, uh, sorry, this is the other one which we've got to skip past, but it's like when He's talking to um, to her, and she says about like, uh, "Oh, you've grown co- close to Chapel," which she was just the last week. She knows that, like we know she knows that. And then he goes, "Oh yeah, well, safe to say we've become more than just colleagues." Oh God, is that Vulcan romance? Like what? That is the way you would say it. it's like we've become more than colleagues. I think that's the way anyone yeah. might put it. That's mm. not particularly. I think. I think like. Starfleet officially isn't a military, but it is a military. And in military organisations, it can be frowned upon to fraternise with other officers, but it's also how you would say that we've become more than just colleagues. Yeah, and I, I feel like also it's like they always act as if, like even when they was, when he became human, and they were giving him lessons on how to be more Vulcan. They did things he's never done when they were demonstrating what a Vulcan acts like. See, and it's like here the again, point, they, they're, they're the saying point. that they're saying that he's being over over Vulcan here, and he's not really they're, like they're overreacting to something which isn't. No, the the reality. What's happening with Spock in this series is we have it established. They don't know how to write Vulcans. You're right. In in we have it. It's, it's half human, and that's what you're forgetting. We're not. No, not again. No, no. He's wholly human here. Even when he's Vulcan, he's wholly human. He's not half Vulcan. That's the point. They never show his Vulcans. And they're showing how he gets to where we see him in TOS. But the the, the point is, they're not, though. And that's what you're missing. You're expecting to be TOS. No, no. I'm not missing that this is after the cage and before TOS. No, no, no. I'm not forgetting any of that. I remembered every single part of that. But I'm saying you're forgetting every other bit of canon where they've shown or the, when he's talked about his childhood, talked about being bullied for being uh, 
a human when he's done everything to act a Vulcan. They've shown him in uh, the uh, the animated series. They've shown him when he was a child being very logical in the movies, like every other instance. But every time, the only thing you go back to is that one giggle on the cage, and that yeah. supersedes every other bit of canon. Yeah, it does. Exactly. Right. We're That's drawing a line under that. The next song is How Would That Feel by Lan. <laughs> I think this is a proper banger. I think this is the I first banger. I, I thought it was called Flying Blind, and I, I absolutely loved it. No. This is one of my favourites. And I, I, I think yeah. it shows that Christina Chong has got musical theatre background because she's doing the, the acting oh, yeah, as well as singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her and her are their kind of main lean lean on to this. Definitely. And, and again, this one, I think, banger for a start. Yeah. It's justified everything both in everything that's come before. Yeah, they only met once previously, but they've kind of given us enough reasons why she would be so invested in that one meeting. And there is a little bit of artistic yeah. li- license to love at first sight. So I think that's all justified. It works for the plot but of this also- episode and the ongoing plot, which again, to the Buffy point of it, mm-hmm. this works so well. I wish... Yeah. They'd taken this note for the other songs and gone, right, how do we do what we did with that one and link it to the episode as well as the ongoing plot more? Yeah, I agree. I think we all agreed on that yeah, one. I, wow. I think this is, yeah, I, I think this is really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big yeah, fan well, of that and, one. And I then. just love the, the flying blind hit if just all, always catches if me. only in, what, 10 days we could tell Christina Chung how good this was. Well, we we could. The security would stop that from happening. (laughs) And she wouldn't be able to comment on it. So that's going to be such an interesting experience with actors who are on strike at a convention. But anyway, we'll give you a full report the week after. Um, it's, sort of, it's sort of nice that, that they've established it. I know it's it's kind of like, again, it's it's two things for one. But she's kind of saying about being a security threat. But you know it's kind of like partly she knows that it could be potentially because they could reveal something really important, but also partly because she doesn't want yeah, to. Yeah, that's it. She really, doesn't want to. It's a lovely uh, duality. Yeah. She's not lying, but it's, so there's also like definitely a bit of self She doesn't like talking about her own personal feelings. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's really good because, yeah, she is just like, it's a security threat, it's a security threat. And I've, that... got, I've got to come beat Kirk onto the ship for security reasons. Yeah, and that is why she cuts off the next song, which is Private Conversation. Oh, Pike no, no, before and... that, we've, got, we've oh. got to mention, they bring up, that, again, what, another one of these great Star, Star Trek touchstones, the Heisenberg Compensators. Oh, they do, yeah. yeah. Again, I sort of almost want them to do more of this, really, because they got in the Jeffrey's Tube, they got in the Heisenberg Compensators. I want them to bring in all these little Star Trek touchstones like they did here. And it's just great, and it makes perfect sense because Heisenberg compensates is all about uncertainty principle and uh, your atoms are always being in flux and movement. And there's even been some suggestion that, because um, there's particles oh, which disappear and they think might be appearing in other, like it might be going through different dimensions. That's one scientific theory. So it kind of like links into current science, which Star Trek's always been mm-hmm. great at doing. So. Because I was thinking, it's like, well, would it make sense to use the Heisenberg Compensators? But actually, yes, it does, because it links in with this, which is, it's nice when they've, I feel yeah, like they've thought it, that one through a lot. It's from those amazing, uh, it sounds like such a plausible piece of technology that makes everything work in the sound yeah. universe. Well, I, I've, I've got to bring up the, my favourite Gene Roddenberry story when it was at conventions. I know I bring this up all the time, but he he would famously be asked quite a lot, "How do the Heisenberg compensators work?" And he goes, "Very well, thank you." Next, yeah, and that was his stock. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. 
<laughs> and I love that I'm naming the, the solution after the problem. Like, it means, obviously, we haven't figured out how to get around this, but if we name it after the problem, it shows... Well, that's why you have to compensate yeah. for the Heisenberg exactly. theory. Is. So, yeah, it is good. I love that. I love um, it. Next song, then. Uh, where are Private we? Conversation. Private Conversation. Pike and Battelle. Very short song. We don't really get into it because Lan cuts it off, which ties into the... The ongoing thread there. I get the impression Anson Mount is not the most comfortable member of the cast you know, singing. Do you know the funny thing was, I last week, and I used him as an example, not because I was, thought he can sing, but I was just like to pick some randomly. It's like, oh, you might find like they did with the Buffy episode and with the uh, Grey's Anatomy episode, there's certain people you know yeah. sing a lot less. Yeah. And they're the ones who don't have a musical background. He's got like this wonderful, he's kind of gravelly. You feel like he might be in a... Um, in a pub band somewhere yeah. <laughs> from his voice, which is absolutely fine and very serviceable, but it's like probably wouldn't ca- carry one he, of the longer songs. He, he can sing because of his profession he's being trained to sing. Yeah. His voice, but he can't, he's not stage trained singing. Yeah, no, I, I think again, it's more probably, he could probably better out living on a prayer, but not a, a like. I think, I think there's a difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I, I thought it was a nice little fun one. I thought it was although, fine, yeah. It, although if she's going to hit the button, she could have done that way earlier. Yeah. Um, then that goes um, into... This is where we get the threat, or the entire fleet might be uh, affected. And we do get a nice throwaway line where it's like, Admiral April says he wants it sorting out, and he said it in a surprisingly beautiful baritone. <laughs> Which, again, it's a good line, but going back to the Buffy one, there's a bit where Giles says, um, oh, I I overheard the police while they were taking down witness areas. And it's like, that's more or less the same, in the same ballpark of the joke, but a much wittier joke in Buffy. But there we go. Pike does one later, which is very nice. And he goes, like, uh, if you're going to find a solution to this, you might have to find a different tempo. So, like, uh, yeah, that's really a good happy. one. You're right. I like that. Um, but there was, like, one bit where, like, Una, and I'm not trying to pick on Una, but, like, I think there's a few episodes here where it's, like, the thing, again, the thing I love about the Buffy one is, like, when they're singing, they go as fantastical as they want to. Mm-hmm. But when they're doing the dialogue, it is actually quite natural. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, uh, Una, when she's going, it's like, well, when do people sing musicals? Like, People don't know, but anyway, okay, we'll ignore that. She goes, well, where their emotions are so heightened that uh, words just won't suffice. Who fucking speaks like that? I'm sorry, you're in dialogue now. You have to go to yeah. dialogue. That, yeah, that, that's true. Right for a song. That's not really... Like well, you say, I, I I think we'll go with space magic and we'll go with, because of that empathetic thing she's got, she's absorbing sure. the powers of the musical universe and he's, yeah. he's been more musicy than everyone else generally. Sure, we'll go with that. Though she does sing another song, which is Keeping Secrets. Um, I'm, it was all right. Yeah, no, this, I, I mean, this is probably the biggest miss for me. Oh. Yeah. Elliot? I, uh, it, it, I like the dialogue that goes yes. with Chris, with that lad. It's I sort think, of, it's an overview of how everyone's feeling kind yeah, of thing. It's... Um, yeah, I, I think what's happened is number one, Una 
has been given a few musical numbers in this mm-hmm. because of the short trek where she did the Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. But she obviously loved seeing the Gilbert and Sullivan stuff and had mm-hmm. a ball doing it. But she doesn't look like she's enjoying this in the same way. That's true. And, and yes. it's a different and it's a different style. And we go back to what we said what we were saying earlier, that if they'd let her every time she had to sing Come up with new words, but do it in the style of Gilbert and Sullivan for her singing. And that would have worked so much better. Or even, like, you know, it just feels like, again, they've done the thing of, like, what's the structure of musicals? Oh, there's always the bit where you go to the ensemble and you see what everyone's thinking while someone sings. It feels like they've done more more done this song by the numbers than a a really great song or something which really takes the plot somewhere. It's just like, oh, this is what this... It's a functional song, and they yeah, stick out in this episode. I think that's that's the that's the issue with this episode. The the Buffy musical one, the whole thing just flows and you can yeah. sing along. Yeah, and this is going to be really hard to sing along to as an episode. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like you know, um, our buddy Jack, like he was saying in uh, one of the chat groups, that it's like, uh, oh, he's always he knows the songs he'll skip to, and I feel a bit like that. It's like there's a few yeah. songs when they're on, I almost accidentally, without thinking about it, forwarded through a couple of songs which, like this one, like a very functional one. But I'm like, oh no, no, no I'm watching it. Let's talk about this later. I actually had to stop myself from yeah, yeah. I I feel like of the featured characters who do the majority of the singing. I would have rather Ahura or Lan had two songs rather than Una. Well, uh, Ahura has loads. She, she's in loads, but she only has one, like, solo kind yeah, of Oh, song. I'd say the last like, song she leads, though. She does lead, yes. Yeah. She leads. But, like, like, Ahura can, like, what we know of Trek, Ahura loves singing. Yeah, we know. So she should have been really prominent in... And you know what I really loved? Actually, just, just, just this more general note, but it's like where uh, Nichelle Nichols was so, uh, she was very furry and very kind of like, uh, very sure of herself. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the fact this is a more cutesy performance. It's like, it just, it's it's more kind of geared towards the actor, but it's like, it fits in with the character. You can imagine when she was younger, she was cuter, cutesy. And then when she gets older, she gets a bit more furry, a bit more yeah. Yeah. herself. It just works as an arc so well. I think she is one of the ones who, when we've seen her arc, Flowing into like uh, later, her I think hers is the one that's just going to flow the most naturally. Like, yeah, I, I any of the other ones, they have taken certain liberties and certain kind of like sensibilities they've changed for the age in which we're doing it. I think. Mm. Whereas Ahura just, I think it's going to just be so smooth. So Ahura needs to observe the songs, um, and. She decides, oh, right, well, I'll lead Spock to chapel and this will set his emotion off and we'll be able to... Um... Oh, do you think she did on purpose? I no, really... I don't think I she did it on purpose, but I think when the opportunity arises, she's like, oh, look, this will be a good chance to... Because she even says, doesn't she, she's like heightened emotions like that. You you have missed one thing, which I just I, I just want to bring up now for the payoff later. Mm-hmm. It's when you've got uh, the Klingon, which played by uh, Hemner. Uh, oh, is it? You guys... Oh, did you? I, no, I, just I didn't know that. That's cool. Or at the beginning, and I realised it was yeah, uh, Bruce something or other. Yeah, forget something. But yeah, played by Himmler. Um, I just I did enjoy the kind of like line by Una, which I think was directly speaking to all of us. 
as we said, the fuck we don't, where she goes like, oh, and I don't think anyone wants to hear the Cleons thing because mm. you know everyone's going to be there going, the fuck, we, we definitely do want to see that. That's everything we want to see. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, at that moment, if they don't pay that off, we're going to be screaming at our TV sets. But, yeah. Which they do, and the way yeah. they pay it off, I thought was fantastic. But anyway, I thought it was. Um, so I'm just bring that up for later. Yeah, there's some um, Spock Chapel one. I mean, it starts with him coming in. I think she should have come in at the end of this number because this is a big positive song about her going on her, on her new placement. Mm-hmm. Basically, she just goes up to Spock, says about one line to her about can, uh, to him about can we talk about this later. After not inviting him, does she not think that he might? Yeah, I felt this was a bit harsh. And yeah, yeah, no. she just sings about no. how happy she is, and she is no. up until this point. They have they have gone on about how much she's in love with him. We know through the original series she pines after him, and then suddenly no. when she's offered this, this opportunity, which she I get that she wants to follow this opportunity. However, however, uh, yeah, why would she like suddenly just uh, not care about her relationship with Boxer? And there you go. Uh, right, I think this plays perfectly into mock time. What we see where we have a pining after him. They, where Bonesim goes, you keep trying and all that and nev- nothing. And I think this is where that... She hurts Spock with how she does this. Mm. And I don't think she means to hurt... I think the song makes it hurt, more hurtful because the right. song... I knew you were going to bring this up. No, okay. let me finish. No, no, I'll go back. I'll, I'll go back. Finish. No, no, I just knew you were going to bring that. Go on. Because... I think this is like where Spock becomes a lot more logical <laughs> after this event. We've got to see going forward. And, and we do see him sugar off later on in the episode. He's just not interested uh, because he's allowed his human side to come out with her. And that's what we've been seeing because he's trying to sort of embrace his human side to sort of a bit following in his father's footsteps, get with human wives. He's got a human mother he's sort of trying to impress as well. It's why we've seen how, is what we've been seeing. So she does this song, and I think the song takes a further than she means with when she goes, I want to go for this, and I don't care if it hurts Spock I go. That'll finish with him. And I don't think she meant to finish. You can quite comfortably go, leave a starship for three months and carry on a relationship. That's not an issue. Yeah, yeah, you. that's bullshit. Anyway, but I think it's a song that's sort of driven. I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew this take, was going to be your defense. That's taken over with how she's come out so strong with what she's how she's let him down. Because you see at the end of the episode that she she's she wants to talk to him and he's just not interested. So I I honestly think this is where it fits into a mock time that this is where Spock goes, right, I embrace my emotion side for this, my human side I tried to, for this woman. I try, I try to embrace me, uh, her and I don't like this. I'm going to be Vulcan side and, and it, this is where we see him become the full on logical Spock that we used to from TOS. And later on in life, he, he learns, is what we see, where he learns the balance between the two. Right. I mean, the argument that because the song overtakes her, there has been nothing else in this episode, anywhere else before or after this, where they suggest that what they're singing isn't exactly what they're feeling. 
they have proposed throughout all this episode that what they're singing is their legitimate. They've not had one line go, well, I sung that, but that's not what I really meant. I, I don't think that is evidence anywhere in this, but I felt but, was the, what well, you would say would be they got carried away with the musical, but every I, other music also has been what they genuinely in, feel. We also had evidence in the last episode where she wouldn't confide in Spock when he tried to be close and all that. And I think what we've got here is a case of she's been infatuated with Spock, she's loved the chase, then when she's caught him, and he's trying to be human. He's changed, and she's not as interested. I mean, and if they're trying to say that, I don't, I'm saying if they're trying to say that, I feel like they've not really tied that up enough. Like they've not really. Well, I got it. I, I get what. Yeah, but like they, as writers, have to do a little bit of work. I'm sorry, but just in my opinion, like okay, maybe we should do all the caring for them. Fair enough. But, yeah, but I, I, I feel like they haven't done enough to have like I, I think the fact that even last week when she was being sort of a bit cool on him and like not letting him in, like you say, that really doesn't carry well. Like why she's suddenly done that? Why is she suddenly gone cold? And like I, I, I get what you're saying about like she's I, got with I him think, and maybe I think it I think it's also it is it's that uh, the chase is sometimes better than the Yeah, catch. But, but, but what I was gonna uh, but also, that he, thought, also he's altered himself when he yeah, but what i'm saying is elliot though yeah but then you have to say that's what she's feeling like they, they mm. haven't done anything to do all we know all we've got is she's really into him really into him gets him suddenly acts funny and then what is later the thing regret is that why she's then trying to pull towards yeah. him it just it's yeah i i, I felt I, I this like was it's their job to, their job I, to say I, that what they're saying i I, I can agree with you that they should have put more in but I can also look at this, and having watched lots and lots of Trek, and, and sort of think, and fill in the gaps that haven't been put in. But for a casual viewer, yes, you do need that. Well, and also I feel like, I mean, even if I know the And it is lazy from the writers. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that's what I always It is like, lazy writing. Even though I know the characters, that, it's it up to them to establish them in their show. In the it is up to them to establish the character in their show. Like, yeah, even though I know is... Spock before, you've got to show me the Spock you're showing. So if you're saying he's logical and then he goes emotional, emotional, you've got to show me a really logical Spock and then show him going towards his emotional side towards Nurse Chap. I don't feel like they've done the legwork on that. Well, we didn't have to because it was emotional. No, no, but you've just said, you have just said that the reason why she doesn't like him is because she starts acting, you know, starts acting more emotional. Well, she's going out with him. But I'm saying they already did that. If you're going to say that's what he's doing, you have to not have already done it. It's like they already had him going emotional. So he's got a little bit more emotional and that breaks the bank for her. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I, yeah, I don't think it seems to come out of nowhere, Chapel's shift. And I didn't get that they'd broken up from this originally, and then all of a sudden Spock's singing this song about how he's the ex, and it's like... Emo Spock, oh. you mean? Um, yes, Emo yeah. Spock. <laughs> but, I'm not going to go all logical because i got my heart broken for the But I do life. agree with Elliot that I think this is Spock's turning point, or I think that's how they want him to present it. I think it is, but I think that's it. a reason as well. I, just, <laughs> I don't want Spock's heart it's, to be logical because he got look, dumped. Look! I'm actually slightly <laughs> agreeing with you that the yeah. writers have been lazy. I filled in the gaps. Yeah. But that I filled in the gaps and that's what I'm getting. And I'm agreeing with you that the writers have been lazy. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. So I'm I not think arguing with you for agreeing with you. 
No, what I literally just said, I agreed with you that I think what they are doing is they're... Right, we've got to agree about... This is the turning point. Elliot, can, Elliot, can I finish my fucking <laughs> yeah, sentence? Sure. Right, so I think what they're going to do is... <laughs> Sorry, Elliot, I won't mute you. But shut the fuck up for one sentence, for fuck's sake. Right, what I was going to say is, though, I'm agreeing with you, though, that I think that is what they're saying, is that this is going to be a reason, whole reason from turning uh, logical. But I don't want... Spock's entire journey to be based on. He got dumped and he got a bit moody, so emo Spock became emotion, uh, emotionless. I think that is insulting to the characters for me. So I'm agreeing with you, and you're arguing okay. with me. How about that? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. We've still not reached the end of Spock yet. I just feel like Chapel pivoted very quickly there, and I don't feel it speaks true to what we've seen. They've spent so long setting this up and bringing them together, and then it's like, yeah. oh, it's done. Anyway. I'll even say, I will actually, I'll give you this one. One thing, <laughs> this will probably drive you two nuts, but I, I actually thought this would have been a really good point to do a song about like his emotional versus Vulcan side. I thought, yeah, I would have thought really that'd be. Yeah. You're in a musical, so that's a perfect time to explore that kind of thing. And you've just had a, a big emotional upset. Whereas instead of him going towards, again, like you're saying about her doing Gilbert and Sullivan, which fits her. I think him singing a very logical way and like yeah. maybe trying to pull back him, like it'll slip out and he pulls it back. Like that would have been so in keeping with his character, whereas they did nothing. Like it's just, I'm the ex. It just it was so fucking solid. And I think this really I think they should have interspersed these two songs. Like it should have been almost like a duet, but like the. What what is there a word for that where you've got songs but they're singing in opposition to each other? Like, you get that in musicals know, a lot, a, but... There's a, a word for it. But I feel like that's what this should have been. It should have, it should have been her singing this and him singing that at the same time and the juxtaposition between oh, it. I, I, I thought my, what might have been nice is maybe her singing this at the end. Let's say, I think it more, makes more sense and she's less insulting if she he comes in at the end, sees her having this wonderful party here, and then you can also have a moment where she goes, look, I'm really... Like, in the next episode, yeah. I'm really sorry. doesn't mean I don't care, but I follow this opportunity. But, like, him coming in and seeing a sing like that... I and think what's going to be... And him, him, him realising he hasn't been invited, and then he goes out, and then, like, a song later, you have a song in the middle, and then you have him, like, following those events, going around the singing the X. The final nail in the coffin is going to be the start of season three when she comes back engaged to Roger. Roger. Yes. After three months. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where we're going, isn't it? But, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, next song, then, Ahura, We can Are I, One. Can I just say no. that I do think that song Go is on. the banger? Oh, the I'm the ex of the I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. I think that's a banger. I'm ready. Yeah, it's a nice Great tune. Song. It just again, it's. It, I mean, the tune wise, I really like it. It's a song. Fitting, not, not, talk. not talking about. Not talking yeah. about the the yeah, story episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, on that level, I really like it, but yeah. just it doesn't seem to fit the. the and the X didn't do a lot for me. I have to say. Oh, that's, oh, a, no. that's a clanger. Right. Whiny emotion. Then keep us connected, Ahura. Now oh. I I thought this was a banger. She can this re one. really sing. So this one or no. Lance one earlier, which is yeah. my favourite, probably this one. I think so. I, I will say, I think she's been deliberately cast that she's had to do singing as well because her in canon mm. can sing, so she's had to I'd have a musical audition with this. Yeah, 
Yeah, they, they've got to... Have, have e- even if the they weren't thinking about... Because they wouldn't have thought about musical episode at the start of season one. I don't believe they thought about that uh, for one minute. But they will have thought about the character that she's going to play. Of course, play yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Um, so no, this one it's got a bit of a let it go kind of vibe to it. It's this is definitely a big, big number. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I drop thought this I, one I, were great. Yeah, to me, oh, I no, that's so Dini who does that. Like, True. It. Well, it's it's it feels like it's the um, like the biography of her up to date, mm-hmm. and like her um, realizing the power of her role to to connect people. Like you know, it's it. it Again, it's just wonderful. It does so much for her ongoing story, but it also self-contains in the episode, which yeah. is yeah, what I, I wanted from some of the other songs. Yeah. And then plot-wise, we need a big finale, so we get the big finale, which is We Are One, which is the big ensemble number. Um, but let's talk about the Klingons, because there's that Get moment <laughs> where Pike says, "We need, you know, we need more music. Let's bring the Klingons on," and it's such a good bait and switch because you're thinking the Klingons are going to come on. It's going to be this rousing opera, and it's going to yeah. answer the thing. But instead, we get this K-pop thing. I mean, K-pop having the one to kill everyone. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous, but it's it. But it's we now brilliant. Know that K-pop stands for Klingon pop. We do. <laughs> I didn't even think of K-pop. I was thinking like it just reminded me of some um, some of the voice modulating kind of dancing stuff. But yeah, you're right. It's total K-pop. Yeah, it's total K-pop, and we now know that K-pop stands for Klingon pop. Yeah. Can we just uh, before we go uh, deep into this finale song, though? Yeah. There is the bits between Lan and Kirk as well. Of course. Kind of, like, yes. Sorry. But to me, to me, my, like two things I want to sort of address with this. One is. Given that Kirk, at the end of the episode, uh, talks about being with Karen Marcus, mm-hmm. this is the first time I actually saw him really kind of like every time it's like, oh, us working together. Oh, we're working together. Yeah, I like, thought that was a bit naughty. And he's with someone, given the other episodes, he hasn't flirted with her at all. No. The one episode where she, he can't follow through with it, he's suddenly uber flirty with And it's, her. it's literally seconds before he tells her he's practically kissing her, he leans in that close. And then he goes, oh, but by the way... And it's yeah, like, see, that was naughty, Kirk. Know, that was very you know, naughty. Did you know she did the classic Kirk move as well on her? You know when the beam made uh, particles in? Yeah. The engineering saw Spock and a hurricane blow them up yeah, to yeah. how it will happen. And the ship rocks. Immediately, Kirk grabs her to hold her to make sure she's okay. He does. And he did, and he did that all the time. In TOS, especially with Rand. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it's like, it's throughout his other appearances, I've been going, oh, when are we going to see the Kirk swagger? Why aren't we seeing the Kirk swagger? In the other episodes, it would have fit fine. In this one, it's it's weird. Like, what, again, he's, he's <laughs> playing when he's with someone else to just say, no, I'm not interested. Yeah, I, I think he's been yeah. very naughty. I, th- I think my headcanon says I, that he's like, I know I'm not going to think, but I'm, I'm going to get as close as I possibly can before I tell her that it's not what? happening. No, well, he wasn't I, doing that previously. Uh, Why wasn't he doing this in the other Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not. That's my point. It's, it's just Facebook it, user makes a good point, and I agree with this completely. 
I think Kirk was up for a fight, but when he realized she had fins for him, he thought it was best not to. But he was flirting. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't fight. It was he was flirting with her. Again, all those lines about oh, we make a great pet. That was obviously flirting. Oh yeah. Why weren't they in the other episodes when he was single? Like whereas now he's Well, we don't know he was single in the other episodes. Well, okay, maybe he wasn't, but it just seems weird like, to put it now when he was pregnant with his Well what and uh, I always got it from the films. I thought he didn't know until he met. Well, it's always no, been no, a little no, bit because, ambiguous, no, but there are lines no, that... In Warp of Khan, right. he clearly states that you told me to stay away. He does say that, yes. In, yes, stay away from me. He, he doesn't say he, about the kid. No, he knew he had the son, but she told him to stay away, and it's always been in canon that she told him to stay away because she didn't want him around uh, as something yeah. she wanted to raise him. I feel I like it's, think, there's I always I been... I feel like there's always been a little bit of wiggle room depending on I how you interpret so. what they both like say. Yeah. I'm not um, saying it's not interpretable that way, but I don't think she literally says, like, I want you to stay away from our son. Like, stay away could mean romantic. Kirk does her. say, yeah. I, did what you, I did what you asked, I stayed away, which leans more towards I did that because you asked me to stay away from David but yeah I mean maybe it's partly just because I don't want to think Kirk's just been a deadbeat dad I know he's asked to stay away but still he has been a deadbeat dad all Star Trek dads apart from Cisco are deadbeat dads Kirk and Worf have their own little support group I don't know I I always thought what allowed Kirk to be such playboys because he didn't have those commitments I I don't know maybe again maybe it's just me excusing Kirk but it's just whenever I watched as a kid I never no it's the way I interpreted it again. No. I think it is open. I think Jim's right. It's open. I wouldn't I say it, it's out of sight. Well, now well, it's not because we've and we've come people. down very firmly in one direction on it now. Right. I, all I want, all I want is, is that, <coughs> what, that was a song by nice. One Direction. Uh, it, does anyone? Did anyone else uh, who's watching? Uh, ever get the feeling that it wasn't like he didn't like am I the only one I just, I've I, read I, I it different that. ways different times I've watched it Thank to be guys. honest I've always read it that Carol asked him to stay away from the song that she but you're saying there's no asked. wiggle room I would argue that there is by the fact that I didn't not for Breath of Khan no Breath of Khan there is there is wiggle room anyway um, we get a really nice shot where the Enterprise is spinning round and the Klingon ships are behind you it. Know, and I, I just love that they did, like, the, fi- the, the final grand finale song that had the ships dancing. Yes. <laughs> and you got, like, uh, it must have been so much fun because they brought, as I say, brought Bruce back, uh, who played Hemner. Because they would have spent all that time together. The fact that you got to be including this is really nice. Yeah. And I bet they really enjoyed kind of like, I, I seem to remember hearing previously that he had a musical background as well. So. Yeah. I, I love it when they do honor to people. Like uh, with um, when they killed off oh. Admiral Forrest, they promised uh, the actor in Enterprise that they'd bring him back for the next series. Yeah, which obviously true. never happened. But um, but it's one of those things in it that with Star Trek, there's been so many actors when they love an actor and they've got shows going on, they bring them back. They do. And this is and, and this is this is some of that's you might be one you might be one episode and think, yeah, you were great, fans love you. We've got another alien, can you play him? Yeah. Oh we've got this main character role coming up in our new series and we think you'd be great for it. 
Armin Shimmerman uh, played all the Frankie, yeah. basically. Yes, it was in did. pretty much every Frankie episode until yeah. he was brought, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, um, I, I, it was the same sort of like deal, though. I get the feeling they've talked about using with Bruce, what's his name, uh, that they were saying about with Emerald Forest, because they did say to him, it's like, if they got another series, the idea was they bring him back as different aliens, so it'd be yeah. more pathetic. I, I get the feeling they might do the same with Bruce. Is it horror or something? Horax, I think. I'm not Horax. 100%. Horax. There you go. Horax, I think it is. Anyway, Maybe so I do like Spock's final moments. He's sort of monitoring the thing, and it's almost like he's like, I, I, I've got to contribute to get it over the line. Like If it's, <laughs> if it's me, the, the one who you wouldn't expect to be singing and dancing, and I go up and do this last little bit, that'll push it. Well, we also have to give them a little... I mean, if we're going to, we have to give them a little artistic license for this one because there was a pure bit where they just go to the corridors of the Enterprise and people are just dancing. It's like, no one's dancing with part of this. Of no. course it is, because it's a musical <laughs> reality. Oh. Yeah, but within the logic of the show, I'm saying, okay, artistic license. Well, say, I'll let that one go. I'm sorry, but we all love dancing. Exactly. They dance in all, like other dancing. parts of the episode as well, but... It must be annoying if you get taken over by this musical thing and you're like, oh, I'm just one of the background dancers I'm at that gets a cutaway shot. Like, why don't I get the main role? You know, you'd be a bit annoyed. You'd be did like, we, by the way, did we give this a uh, clanger or banger? Oh, sorry, the oh, finale. Clanger or banger. banger? I'd go with banger. It's not as much of a banger as as a horror get, and land solo the songs. The spectacular crew of the Enterprise. It's a bit like, again, going back to the Buffy one, the Buffy one, I think Walk Through the Fire is the best song in it, and that comes just before the actual finale, which isn't quite as good as Walk Through the Fire was. Yeah, um, <coughs> I mean, my, my feeling is like, it's... it's and I, all right, so there's a lot of things they do in it which are really fun. But again, it feels more like, uh, oh, there's a big ending, so we need to do a big ending, as opposed to this song talks about the episode. This yeah, song talks about right. Star Trek. Like, I wanted to talk more about the episode and more about Star Trek. Again, where I said about Jeffrey Strube and the Heisenberg commentators, to, like, you know, maybe this song could have been the final frontier, you know, it could have been something yeah, the of Star Trek, the whereas they sort of, we all know our purpose. What's that? Yeah, the, the story of this song is let's do a big song, which doesn't yes. give it a lot of dramatic weight. That's that's what I miss about it. But I love the fact that, again, they include everyone, they get the ships done. Everything you guys have brought up, I agree. Yeah, it's great. No, it looks you know, great. It's not that and I don't enjoy it, but I want it to be more substantive to the plot. I agree. I and I think more. that's a fair comment on the episode as a whole. I think it's bags and bags of fun when you're watching it. Mm. I, I think it's great. I, anyone who can pull I, off a musical think, in a TV show gets major plaudits for that. But it, it, does, it doesn't have the emotional weight it could the, have had. The only thing this episode does well at plot at plot tie-ups is the land Kirk will lay, won't they? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's great. And I think that was a big and part it, of this episode. And, but, and like, it tied that one up great. And hopefully that's now done and dusted. Yeah, I hope Mine's so. Got, uh, I think we're going to see some with Carol Marcus as my guest. Yes, I hope we see Carol I think Marcus. That's going to bring Lana in. Actually, I think that's where it's going. No, I, I don't want to. I didn't say I wanted to. I think that's where it's going. I, like, I don't particularly need. Like, to. I think the Paul Wesley playing Kirk. I think he's doing okay with it. It's getting but, better. 
Yeah, but this is a strange new world. I don't need Kirk coming into it. No, that's I true. I agree. Over and over and over again. Like, what? I'd be quite happy after this training thing that we don't see him again until the last episode when Pike is handing over to Kirk. Or even one guest episode a, a series would be fun. Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, like... It's, it's been like, in three a... episodes this season. Well, there's the line which he's got in this song which really is nothing about the episode, is nothing about his current timeline. It's all about the fact we know he's Captain Kirk. He goes like, and if, like, credit where credit's due, if I make Captain, it's up down to each and every one of you. He's only met half of them just now. Yeah. And... What the fuck? Why is he thinking about being a captain? That's nothing to do with anything. He's not no. on the path to captain. He's, he's just down on this path to command. Well, it's it's a jump just because we know he's Captain Kirk in the future. Yeah. That's the only uh, reason yeah, why that line's it there. It seems so forced and against what the episode, you know. And, and again, it's yeah. just one line. But it, it's there. like, like I'd have been really happy not to have had Kirk until the final ep- ever episode of Strange New Worlds. That would be fine. Pike, the last I would Pike have been happy over. with that. And it, I don't want him as a recurring character. All the time. Of all the time. Uh, have you because seen it, that... It's um, not the Captain Kirk show. Have you seen that meme that's like doing the rounds where somebody's mocked up a TOS novel and it's called Why Are You On My Ship All The Time and it's Pike and Kirk on it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it, it's a fair point at this stage, but yeah, I agree. If this is the oh, end of Kirk's, Kirk's arc, I'm happy with that. I mean, it, to be honest, with you, like there was no real reason for him to. Be, he was around the table when they were having their uh, briefing for the ship. He, I think that's because ship. he's kind of on a work placement, isn't he? Yeah, Learning how to be a commander. It's on a work, work placement before he becomes first officer. So it's like, yeah, you sitting on the big meetings, and that's why Yuna was giving him the advice on on being the first officer that get to know your crew properly. And it does kind of tie in with him singing, you know, if I become a captain, because that's clearly the direction he's heading in if he's... Oh, yeah, but I'd say that's a thought, though. Yes, it's a bit too cute. He's a lieutenant. Why is he talking about making captain at this stage, is what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a bit too cutesy, but anyway... And cocky, for fuck's sake. Um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, can we do... Well, that's true. Okay, I'll give you that one. But I've walked into my own trap there. But uh, and Benga, can we just bring him up for a Yes. Please? Just because he's got so, so so many lovely lines ah. throughout the episode, they're peppered out. But he's goes like, and I was singing. <laughs> I do I not sing. sing. Yeah. And he goes like, uh, oh, when we turn into bunnies, I also do not want to be turned yeah. into a bunny. But then there's bits where it's like, and I'm so glad they give him every opportunity because he's got such great range this actor. But it's like, yeah, one one scene. With- being really serious. The next minute in the musical, he does a big spin around and he's like all smiles and he can do that as well. He is like, and really um, solidified this in my brain, this episode. He reminds me of those kind of like uh, older relatives in your family who you meet and they're all avuncular and they're all nice with you and they're all playful. And you've seen this as playful, wonderful kind of like a dad or granddad figure, like he is kind of in yeah. the first series with his daughter. And then there'll be just one moment where he's talking, they're talking to the adults and they'll kind of reveal that they are can be quite or dark or they've had a dark history or that that they were in the war or something you know you'll hear one of those details he reminds me a lot of that like when he kind of goes through dark moments it's sort of like when you see that kind of elderly relative you really love you realize there's they've seen some shit and i i feel like this series has been that for him like we're seeing this guy we just really mostly known as a kind this, of lovable this, character. this season this season it was this really lovable dad yeah 
and now you see like oh, you see, dad's oh. been through shit yeah oh, like uh, like i i overheard dad talking to it's not like, just, my uncle it's not, it's not just the dad <laughs> yeah and i think that's really great they're just yeah i think he's been the mvp of this season really but um anyway we'll we'll talk about mvps more when we get to the finale next week in which captain Um, battelle will die yeah we need to talk to all three of you we may do be at a different time yeah we'll we'll have with us going to the convention we might do a bit of rescheduling next week but we'll we'll put that on the facebook group um I have a little bit more retrack. Oh, go on then. Oh, can we, can we finish the episode the... first? Just because we, we haven't finished the episode. Yeah, let's finish the episode first. Well, go then on. we're going to that. I just thought. So. No, just, yeah. just. I thought the fact they played the uh, uh, TOS theme felt very thick. It really yes. fit. Yes, but it kind of also it was kind of meta because that big hug at the end was like at the end of a show where they hug each other on the stage. It's sort of like yeah. But they got away with that one. That um, didn't seem forced. It didn't seem inappropriate to the episode. It seemed it works. Like you're in you're in um, space normally ish at this point. Like most yeah. of us fall off. Maybe the little dying embers like in the back of the when bit. they break out. Of it. There was lots of little embers you saw as it blew up. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. So they're getting a little bit. Yeah. Just getting little bits of air. I'm a star. Yeah, it's great. That that kind of fit very nicely. I just thought it was nice. And and little button with a her at the end. Was just... Something that I did find odd. If you notice, and I'm sure this is a mistake with the graphics department, but if you notice, we've got the dance routine that's going on with the Enterprise in front with the uh, mm-hmm. three Katingas behind, or the D7s at this point. D7s actually at this point. But we've got the three D7s in the dance routine. And then we have the explosion as we reach crescendo. Yeah. And the three Katingas vanish. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it again. It. <laughs> they just vanish and it's like... Maybe the cloaked. Uh, cloaked. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, I was thinking, like, shit. Did you just block three Klingon uh, wall cruises? That, yeah, that had caused problems. <laughs> oh, and of course, Emo Spock goes over to drink some blood wine and get all the Emo bows breaking. Well, obviously, you can't blow up. This is why I think it's a, an, an issue with the actual graphic CGI department that they've made a, a, a mistake in the... Well, I, I just assumed... Well, I mean, I, I didn't notice that, I must admit, but now you're saying it's like... I think we could assume that they just... After they flown in formation they just want to get the fuck away from the stuff maybe <laughs> i think the second they stopped having to go in formation they flew a, a safe distance away from the uh, now yeah cloak. <laughs> yeah cloak and move a bit away from these fuckers <laughs> and then we're gonna have words with them so anything else on the episode then before elliot gives us the retrack news um, no i just thought the hugging i mentioned earlier that Spock shuns Chapel going over to win. Yeah. Uh, we get we get um where Hura's talking to all the fleet and she's just humming away to herself. And we used to get that in TOS where she'd be humming. True. Well and again, it's just a nice little bun on the episode. Which it's I like thought everyone's there, so it's like character part. Yeah. Okay then, so go on, Elliot. I'm not sure what this news is, so no. Well, um, it's something to watch out for on our socials. Oh. On um, 
the 21st of August, we will have links up to buy Retrek Merc. Ooh. Merc. Merchandise. Oh, merch. 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 No, so you said Merkin earlier. I, I thought we no, were selling Merc, something. No, I said Merc. Yeah, you said Merc, and then you said Merc, it, like in the sentence. No, you're hearing Merc, it different than what I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're saying Merc. The word is Merch. <laughs> and no, you're you hearing it Merc, different than I'm saying it. <laughs> no, but you're saying the word Merc. You're literally saying the word Merc. Yeah, but I live in Yorkshire and Leeds. <laughs> Yeah, but how is that me hearing it differently to how you're saying it? I'm hearing it how you're saying it, and you're now using an excuse for why you're saying okay, it. Okay, I'm, I'm drawing this one to right. an end. So we're selling Elliot's Merkins online, is what we're saying. It sounds right. like we will, it. We will have Retrek merchandise links to buy them on the site on the 21st of August. So there we go. And we have Retrek shaved into the pubes. And we will see you at Destination I Trek. Exciting. I thought that was quite exciting. It is exciting. It is. <coughs> and, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, we're at RetrekPod on X or whatever it's called this week. Uh, RetrekPod at gmail.com. Elliot's got his Retrek Model Studios on YouTube. And uh, we'll have a... Ooh video out this weekend excellent i fixed all the lighting finally <laughs> and I, I don't know who it is but facebook user has said it's cool someone is looking that, forward to those those merkins which we're gonna there we go then and dr squee what mm -hmm. have we got on the dr squee show well, first king you got anything on your toy oh, box? king's toy box yes we've got a teenage mutant ninja turtles turtle van from the new movie um, oh, so did if you do a, a He-Man castle or something? I did the He-Man castle. I've done I've the first bit. I, I need it. to do, now that the model's completed, I need to do a, a review of oh. it. But I did the unboxing. So, yeah, that's all on there. And Dr. Squee, what have we got on the Dr. Squee show? Well, uh, this week on the Dr. Squee show, uh, Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m., SW20. Uh, radio.co.uk or doctor.com. Yeah, I uh, had an interview this week which was meant to go live on video and audio onto the radio yesterday for the radio show. Unfortunately, um, I'm going to blame the fact that it takes forever to put my cast back on if I take it off if I'm sat down. <laughs> so I'm like, it took longer than I expected to get upstairs. So I didn't remember to do what I usually do, which is check that the audio is actually going through to the radio. <laughs> so when I went to broadcast, like not only was an echo of me, but you couldn't hear my guest. So next week on the radio and the video version is up now at doctorscree.com. Uh, you can join me talking to Laura Duff, who is a coach for um, Manchester United City Reds, which is a community outreach program, which um, helps disadvantaged people and also uh, disadvantaged young people. She also uh, works for the uh, as an equality ambassador uh, for women and uh, girls uh, soccer or football. So uh, some really great stuff. And I thought very time the uh, female World Cup going on as we speak. So, Absolutely. yeah, it's really good. I'd highly recommend it. And we will see you for the finale then. So thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the retrek. Thank you. Goodbye. LLAP and drag off. <laughs>